Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, and welcome once again to the Your Chakra Coach podcast. As always, I am thrilled that you're here, allowing me into your life here and there to share ideas and energy. I'm so lucky. Thank you for all the feedback on the Lunar Cycle episodes that we just finished up. I'm glad that some of you found that useful. And yes, all the journaling prompts to use during the moon phases for your chakra work are on the Patreon page. You are welcome to check out the link in the show notes if you're interested in diving a little deeper into that work. I think by far the request I got most was for more information about the letting go rituals I mentioned in the episodes for the full and waning moons. I answered everyone individually, but it seemed like there was enough interest that I wanted to put it out there for everyone. I've been doing letting go rituals since high school, but I didn't really know that's what I was doing. A friend of mine had a family tradition that just after midnight on New Year's Eve, they'd build an effigy, a straw model of a person. Everyone at the party would write down what they wanted to let go of from the year we'd just finished. It was private, so I have no idea what other people wrote down, but I would write down things like, classes I wanted to forget or crushes that hadn't gone the way I planned or anything else that my teenage heart didn't want to hold on to anymore. Then we'd take our papers out into his yard and stuff them into the straw man and then we'd light them on fire. Then we all stood around watching those things we didn't want anymore disappear in smoke. I learned later in life that this is a pretty common activity on New Year's and during other major transition times, but I didn't know that then. So it felt like I was a part of something really special and sacred. And I, and I guess it kind of was. It, it did set me up with a practice of letting go of things. It's not like I'm perfectly successful at this all the time, but I do have the tools and history of knowing how to do it. There was one more part of this ritual that I think made it extra meaningful and successful. After the thorough and safe burning of our effigy and being sure it wasn't going to catch the neighborhood on fire, we went back into the house and each of us drew a name of another party attendee out of a hat. Then we wrote down what we wished for that person for the coming year. It was a really nice group of kids looking back who really did care for each other. So we'd get beautiful sentiments and well wishes. One year I got one from a dear friend that was so moving. I kept it in my wallet for almost a decade until it literally fell apart from me reading it so often. Just knowing that those kinds of loving thoughts were out there for me was a huge lift in times when I felt alone. This is an example of a ritual for letting go, 
I've used one that's very similar, that's less dramatic and can be done inside my house several times. It's the same idea. Write down what you want to let go of. Heartache around a relationship, anxiety, shame, perfectionism, whatever it is that you feel is holding you back. Write it down on a piece of paper and then set it on fire. I like to do it in a fireproof bowl, not just holding it in my hand. We want our rituals to be healing, not injurious or destructive. And then you can watch it burn. It isn't just imagining that those feelings are burning away. They are burning away. There is an energy in writing. You've transferred some of that to the paper, especially if you write with the intention of transferring it to the written word. And then it burns off. And the thing about burning is that you can't put it back together. If you just ripped it up, then uh, theoretically, you could tape it back together. Burning is a fundamental change to the properties of the paper. And therefore, a fundamental change to the properties of your feelings. And of course... I'm going to suggest that you follow up the burning with a gentle letter to yourself, full of well wishes and loving thoughts. Maybe it sounds silly, but I know from experience that it really does work. There are other rituals for letting go, too. You can, you can pretty much make up anything that works for you, really, but if you're feeling stuck and don't have ideas, I'll share a few others that I use and that I know people enjoy and have success with. And I like a ritual, a specific set of planned steps that make what I'm doing feel different from my normal life. We, we absolutely could practice letting go and all kinds of other things without designing a ritual around them. But the deliberate performing of an action or mini personal ceremony really does allow our brains to attach significance to the moment. I mean... We lit that straw man on fire once a year. And even though I must have done it five or six times throughout my teen years, each one was momentous. And even if you did it once a month with the full moon, it would feel like a a, a capital M moment, not just another night. Plus, when we add something specific to it, like burning a paper or any of the other things we're going to talk about, it creates structure. A ritual can even create stability. And our brains and our psychology are hardwired to crave ritual. We like the sensation. And this is just a chance to create a ritual around something that you're trying to do, to pull in all of the universal energy and psychological energy to make it happen. In this case, letting go of something that is no longer adding to your life. The important thing about these rituals is that they're planned and that they use symbolism that means something to you. Another ritual I use for letting go uses the element of water rather than fire. For me, this one takes quite a while, usually an hour, but you could, you could definitely make it much shorter if you prefer. I run myself a bath as hot as I can manage and then allow myself the time to really soak in it. I don't necessarily use oils or bubble bath or anything, although you certainly could, but I do run it deep enough that I can lay down in the tub with my ears under the water, but my nose and eyes above the water line. 
as I soak before getting really submerged like that, I let my mind wander over the topic at hand. I have time to explore it, and I don't I don't worry too much about spiraling because the bath is a controlled, time-limited environment. I just let myself think about it, feel about it. And sometimes, because I use such hot water, I even sweat a little, which sounds weird for a bath cleansing ritual, but it's it's my ritual, so I get to do it how I like. You do too when you make your own. After I spend that time, at least 20 minutes, but often much longer, I submerge myself, ears under the water, because that makes the world really quiet. And I close my eyes. I don't stay there long, just enough time to take a few breaths and wash away the sensations and thoughts I've brought up. After soaking for so long, the water has cooled, so it's more refreshing at this point than hot. And then I let the water out of the tub and switch to the shower. That's where I do my actual physical cleaning, but I do it mindfully with the intention of washing away any remnants of what I'm letting go. I have a process that I follow, and the idea of watching whatever it is swirl down the drain is a symbol that is meaningful to me. Now, I live in a place that isn't suffering from drought, so this is an option for me. If that's not your experience right now, probably a double bath into shower isn't the responsible thing to do. But the point is, you can create a ritual for letting go that means something to you. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Let's talk for a second about how you can create your own ritual. It's not difficult, but it does require a little forethought. What makes something a ritual as opposed to just a habit? Like, I'm in the habit of drinking a cup of coffee in the morning, but it doesn't rise to the level of ritual because I don't do it the same way every day. Sometimes I have my coffee and read. Sometimes I write. Sometimes I drink it while I get ready for the day. It's a habit, but there's no sense of ceremony around it. A ritual to have the therapeutic effects to help with emotional regulation and to allow for the release of anything needs to be specific and intentional. That's what helps our brain differentiate it from regular life. Keep your rituals simple, a few steps at most. Select some tools that you'll only use for this ritual. If you're burning something, have a special bowl that you only use for your letting go moments. Light the paper with a specific candle, maybe one that has a scent or a color that means something to you. Actively assign meaning to these tools. Go to a local store and get something for yourself that is just for the ritual. 
Do you get the sense of what I'm saying? I have a whole cabinet full of things I use in my various rituals. I don't just get them out any old time, only when I want to accomplish something specific. This isn't to say that rituals can't evolve. If history teaches us anything about human behavior, it's that we evolve with time and new information. I don't suggest making it different every single time, though, because your brain will have trouble associating these particular actions with a particular emotional release if you do. It comes down to three simple ritual creating steps. And you could create a ritual for anything, not just letting go of something or someone. First, determine the purpose of your ritual overall. This is a ritual designed to release me from what holds me back. It can be fairly general because you'll use this ritual over and over again to release yourself from many things, old stories, old emotions, heartbreak, relationships you no longer want. Next, select the tools you want to use and purposefully and intentionally assign them a symbolic meaning. It doesn't have to be in line with any theology or common practice. If Yellow is the color of burning away rubbish? Get yourself a yellow candle. Who cares what yellow means to anyone else? If you try to pick something that matters to someone else, your ritual will lose a little bit of its power. Third, set out the steps you plan to follow. Five minutes of gentle breathing, a few minutes of writing down your thoughts and feelings, folding the paper just so, placing it in your fireproof bowl, and using your yellow candle to set it aflame. A few minutes of watching it burn, watching the smoke literally and metaphorically take your concerns to the universe. Keep it straightforward and meaningful. Elaborate rituals are great, but we don't want to get lost in them. Let a simple ritual grow over time, if that's helpful to you. Remember, these are just ideas. There may be something else entirely that you want to try. Maybe your letting go practice is taking a long walk in nature and envisioning your thoughts being released into the sky. If you have something environmentally friendly that you can take with you on your walk and leave in a sacred place of your making, do that. You could use a meditation time to infuse a rock with your thoughts and feelings, carry it out into the woods and Bury it at the base of a particularly lovely tree. Then walk home and feel literally and metaphorically lighter without the rock full of feelings. Use your imagination. If something I've offered sounds like it's a good starting place for you, use it. You'll make it your own. I'd love to know what, if anything, you choose to do. I think we, <laughs> I think we all have a lot that we could let go of, things that we'd be better off leaving in the past. We don't need to carry shame forward. We don't need to carry heavy things with us sometimes. A ritual is a good way to move down the path toward healing. Of course, we might not let go fully the first time we do one. That's kind of unrealistic. But rituals over time, maybe tied into your moon cycle work, are extremely effective. Humans have used them throughout time, and we know their power on a deep level spiritual level. Send me a message on Instagram or Facebook at your chakra coach with what you did, how it went, and if something was particularly good or bad for you. Or if you want to talk about something else, I'm open to that too. I love to hear from you all, so reach out anytime. 
Lunar cycle prompts and yoga postures for each chakra are still going up on the Patreon page. So go to the link in the show notes if you're interested in that or if you're just wanting to support me on this podcast. I can't thank you enough for doing that. I really, really can't. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you from the first time listener to the person who's been listening since the beginning. You all mean everything to me. All right. Talk soon. Bye.